was it two years ago when yeah. Wet won? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, man, I'm not even in the same category as this dude. Like, this dude's amazing. amazing. Like, I didn't feel worthy of even being up there with him because I was just like, man, Wit is doing an amazing job. And then to see, you know, the fruits of his labor where another player was affected by it, I was just like, damn, that, that, that's special. Welcome to the Green Light Podcast. It's a full house in Studio J with Chris, Kyle, Macon, and Dr. Fax. The guys pay their respects to Richard Lewis and analyze Chiefaholic's legal representation before chatting about the new Patriots Dynasty documentary. Then Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers joins fresh off of winning the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And stick around for some fun combine questions. Enjoy. Luttrell, Tennessee. Hello! Why? Hometown, a birthplace of Kenny Chesney. And, well, Back fuck you a little bit. There you go. <laughs> I, uh, y'all make fun, but instead of... There's a Kenny song we can sing. I, um, I went to Waynesboro. Yeah. It's been about an hour plus in the car this morning. And, uh, instead of trying to better myself via audio book or podcast, I just put on KC, a couple live albums, and it... It uh, it renewed me. I'm reinvigorated because of Kenny. He's got a power that that no other man possesses, and I'm grateful for him. And shout out to Luttrell and uh, and East Tennessee. You know, that's I'm an important an distinction. Tennessee. East East Tennessee. East Tennessee. Important distinction. East and West Tennessee. No, yeah, I guess. I guess just. Well, East it's a Tennessee. very wide state. Hey. After you like being in northern or southern California or Nova, northern Tennessee Virginia. is just a sideways California. You're right, Chris. Do you recall minus the coastline after the Patriots and Super Bowl? <laughs> we were in a cab uh-huh. back to your team hotel, yeah. And you put on back where I come from. That's a great song, like Kenny Chesney. That was listen, my that's what I said. song, training camp. That's what I said, bro. It, that's a Kenny song I can get down with. Okay, that's a All great right. Kenny song right there. Okay, Merle Haggard. Merle Haggard, that's the layup line today. Is uh, what is the name of this song? This is a Merle song that I just got hooked on recently. It's uh, it's uh, it's been a great afternoon by Merle Haggard. Found it in the top of my head. Hey, didn't leave me in it too soon. And uh, I, I I added this to the layup line today because. Uh, two reasons. Number one, I just started a opening day river playlist for the Greenlight Pod. Whenever we get on the river, I think it's probably 60 days away, you know, conservatively. I think early May we can get on the river. Depending on which river? It'd probably the James River. That's what I consider the opening river day. River. I mean, I can go down any old river and, Got it. you know, fuck around right opening now. Opening day for us. Yeah, where I'm just, you know, it's hot enough that I can, you know, hold on to my kayak and swim for a mile and you know, just that kind of blissful feeling that we mm-hmm. have. Kyle, you watch out for the branches. 
Dude, uh, it's vicious out there in the river. <laughs> Shout out to Gotta watch the center of gravity. You gotta beware of the body roll. Exactly, dude. But well, I can't wait. It's like and driving so, a tall car. <laughs> yeah. Is the wind the a wind gust will make you <laughs> yeah. topple. Uh but yeah, no, that's gonna be uh on our green light Spotify playlist, uh or whatever it is, green light Spotify. And guys, you can add whatever you want to the uh, the playlist. Everybody but Macon, because I think he'll try to sabotage the playlist. Nate, because he's not going to be there. The grunge playlist. That would be fun to fuck up somebody's playlist that they're listening <laughs> to blindly on the like their favorite day of the year. You I will be listening you. blindly. You're I not going to check on. I'm it? probably going to check. On okay. It. Yeah. Right. So, um, anyways, another reason is I can't wait to listen to this Merle song in the Bahamas next week. I am. You're going to the Bahamas. I'm out of here, bro. No invite. No, it's kind no. of a. a <laughs> Did you get the invite to the Bahamas? There are family trips and there are nuclear family trips. The last time we went somewhere tropical, Kyle, I'm a the house guy. almost caught on fire and Kyle was flipping out. I'm a Retro- nuclear guy. Yes, you're a nuclear guy. Yeah, no question. We got to do a beach trip. Sometime. And that's not bad. No, it's not bad. <laughs> okay, so I can't wait to be in the Bahamas. And speaking of vacations, Reed is like at some sort of fucking Indian wedding or something that takes like five I days. I just realized Reed's not here. I thought weddings were like a weekend, and Reed... It's a whole week. Yeah. The like Indians, a, they do it right. Yeah, they do. They really do. Bright they, colors, big parties, extravagant uh, they food. Can, they can last a fortnight, Kyle. I'm sure there's just a lot of everything going on. Yeah, there. exactly. And I guess Reed's not in, in Mexico after all. He's, he's, he's at an Indian wedding because he's not back. He's suited for a marathon, though. Reed, we love you. Come back soon. Um, Reed, be safe. Be, please, yeah. Please be safe. You Reed, if you get a role in a Bollywood <laughs> film, take it. Yeah, no, take it, so I had, be perfect in a Bollywood film. You got to hear what Nate has to say, though. I have a friend who was telling me about a group of friends that he has that just went to Tulum. One of the guys in the party got really, really drunk and was stumbling out of a club, got pushed into a van, hmm. taken somewhere, tied up, had his kidney removed, stitched back up, and then dropped off on the street. Went what to, was wrong went, with his kidney? They had to take it. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> went to Tulum with two kidneys, came back with one. The, the thing about being a kidney dealer is like there's inventory everywhere. But my thing, it, there really is. Just and walk like, in the street. I, I was, I was <laughs> everywhere. Honestly, I was I thinking. I can get you a toe. I was thinking, how much, how much does would a kidney, you think, like be worth on a 30000 Oh, it's a Kia, at least. You think so? Yeah. Because like they said it was like at least like four or five That's people. That's a Sorrento, I'm just thinking like, for sure. Yeah, you, like if you're splitting that. You got like, two Sorrentos in the garage down there, buddy. <laughs> as little as 1300 bucks to as much as 150000 uh, who, depending well, on what your history kidneys? is. Does that like have to do with like, Mormon grade? kidneys? They go for a lot. Probably it's not like veal. Probably a baby. Tell me it's yeah. not like veal. It's not a veal situation. Inuit kidneys, a lot of fish, okay. good, good, healthy okay. fats. Reports estimate a lot of CoQ10. <laughs> it's good. Hey, the, the, the Nordic guys. Wild caught. The Nordic guys Swedish are, are kidneys flying are off the, the shelves, dude. Seventy-five percent of all illegal organ trading involves kidneys. Yeah, oh, dude. Wow. What? Yeah. We got to put an end to this. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we got to stop this <laughs> right now. Like that. Like How do we stop this? All right. I've we take met- our kidneys out preemptively. <laughs> Joke's on you, motherfucker. I get, get in the van. I got no kidneys. I'm on dialysis. They didn't even catch you. You know, you're trying to cram me in the fucking you, in the Econoline van, but my dialysis machine is getting caught. Do you know who could figure this out? Who? The youths 
at a science, okay, technology, yep, yep, engineering, yep, yep, yep. and math school. Yep, and this is this is the point of, in the podcast where I apologize. And for some people at the BEST Academy in Atlanta, it's not going to be enough. Listen, admittedly, the other day, I got a little worked up over Cam Newton getting jumped rant. at a fucking... Hey, Cam is a good man. Yeah. No. And, he, and, and listen... a good rant. That was a good rant, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it, but I, I get uncomfortable when something like that blows up. I really do. Like, I put the social out thinking, like, oh, maybe, like, a couple retweets here. And then it spoke to people. Like, everybody else is fed up with you sports is what I found out. Fuck those and kids. And listen, whether it's, a, whether it's a baseball dad who's fucking the whole thing up or these guys down there at, at BEST Academy lumping that great brand. It's a STEM school in with that crazy shit that happened last week it's just a shame this is the thing i i, I would before i apologize formally in summation on you sports adults ruin everything you know me and ryan clark were texting about this and i was like dude adults ruin everything and he said every time and i can't tell you how many texts i've gotten from dudes that coach at the youth level or in college that are fed up with the culture around these seven on seven camps i'm not saying they're all bad but i am saying that when, when your coaches at a camp like this are capable of doing something like this, and I know what happened, okay, because there's certain people down there that say, you don't know what happened. I know exactly what happened, okay? I'm not going to talk about exactly what happened, but that should never happen at a seven-on-seven at a seven camp. Be a better example to kids. Uh, you know, like the shame of it is, is like kids got no shot when the adults, like coaches – at a at a seven on seven camp or encouraging the wrong things or doing the wrong things themselves. Now I put a little extra dip on the chip, and boy do I feel like a fucking moron. This is the part where I say mea mea culpa, mea culpa. Okay, maybe I need to go to BST Academy to learn Latin. They don't teach Latin there. It's just and are, epsilon sigma. Are you by chance a disadvantaged six to twelve grade minority student. Hey, fuck you. In okay. Perry Park. <laughs> listen, listen, this is a bad deal. And this you know what? Like, but here's the thing, and, and I'm a moron, okay? Like, hey, best academy in Atlanta, keep up keep up the great work. Now the rest of it, I mean 110%. Like 110%. That rant, I mean it. Like as you could tell, down in my i I mean it down in my plums. Mm. But when it comes to best academy, it just sucks because most people like me who think they're doing diligent research by reading articles and they see a name and I go in on the name, the coaches, the whole thing, you got to realize I'm not that dumb. There's a lot of stupid people out here, okay? Like they're reading BEST Academy under a video of somebody getting jumped on the steps and the guy the happens to be hat. an MVP uh, quarterback in the NFL so like it just sucks for real that that you guys get caught up in this thing and my fault bro my fault I don't know what I could do to make it up to you you guys and gals down at BEST Academy um, I don't think I'm ever going to get invited to that camp but it sucks that uh, that I was such a moron we should go to the camp the other day on that particular item uh, so I wanted to apologize hey y'all green light has official merch like this hat right here, or like the one on my head, this dad hat, love this hat. I'm not even a dad hat guy, but this thing fits great. This this hat right here fits great. Uh, we've got hoodies, we've got, te by the way, this hoodie's like super comfy. I mean, it's like soft, plush. It's not the type of hoodie that's gonna get stiff with one wash. Uh, and the shirts too, cause like I'm a big comfort guy, okay? You got like this white shirt here. You got the shirt with the logo the abbey road looking logo 
with Dr. Fax smoking uh, presumably a blunt, Kyle carrying Cowboy Reed, making dribbling a basketball, which I've never seen him actually do, and me carrying a football. Uh, and then you've got this, the, the black shirt here, too, with the logo. So uh, stickers, hit the link in the description in the video, uh, below the video, actually, uh, and make sure to tag us on social media showing off your green light merch. It's quality, quality threads here, okay? Wouldn't do it any other way. What's next in housekeeping? Richard Lewis has assumed room temperature. Oh, okay. Born June 29th, 1947, Richard Lewis died. So many ways to execute the- On Tuesday. The, the show syllabus is a show syllabus. A little here. rundown. It says Richard Lewis died. That was too boring for you. <laughs> Richard. Well, it says Richard Lewis is dead. Yes, he's dead. He died. All uh, three of those ways. Richard Lewis, man, he just seemed like a really kind person. He really did. Like, um, I'm not going to be like some of the people that that uh, post interactions of, of Richard Lewis <laughs> with Richard Lewis after he dies. Like, I think. But I will say, like, he followed me on Twitter. And it was, like, one of the coolest, like, oh, my God, that guy follows me moments. And, you know, I followed him b back. Or maybe I followed him before. Probably that's how it went. And just started kind of looking at the way he he operates, and he just seemed to be a really kind person. He seemed to be a lot like the guy on the show. You know how Larry David's a certain way, and and the character is the the character. I mean, I think Richard Lewis probably is a lot like the guy on the show. Was a lot like the guy on the show, and so um, rest in peace, Richard Lewis. Big part of Curb, hilarious dude, and like a character that you were you always kind of liked. Like I just, he was a likable guy. Likable guy. Known for also Robin Hood Men in Tights. Robin Hood oh, Men yes. in Tights. And I'm also told that I have to see epi episode, what, three or four of this season, which I haven't right. caught up on because there's some foreshadowing or like. I think it's even one. An illusion to rate. the fact that he was going to pass. Yeah, there's some talk about what happens <laughs> after you go. And that's very, is that meta? For sure. Yeah. And synchronicitous. I and their it. relationship or kind of reminds me of you and Macon's relationship. Really? Like their long term friendship yeah. where you know yeah. they've been friends since like the seventies, right? Well, you know, it's funny, we're gonna talk about the Pat stock here uh in a couple minutes and like we all watched <laughs> episode one and two. And Macon texted me the weirdest thing the other night. Well it was weird, but I get it too. But when you think about the way you framed it, you were like, You're my Ernie Adams. I texted which makes you, you Bill you Belichick are, yeah. in, in your own head. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. No response. Uh, no, well, no, I, I was like, no, my response was, what channel is this on? Because <laughs> I don't know oh. how to work my, my smart TV. I you, I and then you said it's uh, I thought you were, network. I, I was thought like, you were mind. referring to the Virginia Yeah, game. no, no, I was trying to get to the pad stock. Okay. Okay, so um, Richard Lewis passed away, and so did Virgil, you racist. Oh, Virgil. Yep. Uh, you left him off the eulogy you list. You bit situ yeah. situation right uh, now? Okay, so anyways. The uh, Roman poet? No, the wrestler. Got it. Um, okay. The wrestler? Yeah, 61 years old. Dang. Remember the wrestler Virgil? Yeah. Mm -hmm. First. Okay, okay, so here we Virgil was Iron Sheik's... Uh, tan. His, tan guy. Yeah. He, yeah he, Very tan. Yeah, he had more melanin than, than you or I. Yeah. And uh, he was jacked. And he, he, he was... Nice uh, guy. He was on social media like in the I think so. Decade. Iron Sheik was uh, his like rival. And uh, I was a big fan of following Iron Sheik, even though not to... to, to yeah. Not to bring this up when he's you know what he's room temp as you would put it, but the guy like I paid like three hundred dollars at one point to um to get a pair of his like wrestling tights in like an auction that I was gonna put up in the studio or something, and uh, and I got like a, a message and everything that like confirmed that I won the item and I never got the item so 
Damn. So I don't know who to contact about that. <laughs> gotcha, Bubba. Okay, so anyways. Jabroni. The other night, what? I just want I wanna say I wanna say this. I uh Waylon has a birthday coming up, so happy birthday, Waylo. Uh beat you to the punch on that one. Mm. And then um, you know, he's gonna be eight years old, he's getting into sports and he loves and it's one of these guys that i'm very happy that he's he gravitates to you know because your kids could be fans of any athlete and you try to steer them the right way but like it's great when your kid is a huge stephen curry fan it's his favorite player and uh you know i surprised him the other day drove up to uh to washington to watch the wizards and i didn't tell him where we were going for like two and a half hours we were on like fucking g street before i told him it, it was like a stubborn point of pride that he didn't know i was like you don't even know what city we're going to i was we, we were passing the White House. I was like, where are we? You know, he's like, what's that thing? The Washington Monument? <laughs> he didn't know. What am I paying for at school? <laughs> okay. So anyways, we roll up to the Wizards game. And I just want to thank Chris from the Wizards and all the folks at the Wizards. Because it's one of those situations where it's pretty cool to have played where people respect you enough to, like, hook you up when you go somewhere. Like, that is not lost on me. Like, not a superstar, but it was really cool to be there and get tickets and... You know, they put us in good seats. We were we got to go down and watch warm-ups. Chris Paul was warming up right next to us. I wanted to be like, hey, hey I'm friends with Ryan Rosillo. You know, uh, it, I, I was sitting in the corner next to Clay Thompson draining corner threes for like 15 minutes. Steph Curry was shooting. He comes out late in warm-ups, and everybody's waiting for him. And he was like two, three feet away from us. And I did my best because he was talking to two people, and there's a bunch of kids coming up. And they're like, Steph, Steph. And their dads are kind of egging them on, like, Steph, can we get a, can you just give them a high five? And I sat there and I didn't interrupt. Good. <laughs> you that's know, the move. And, and I figured that's the move. Yeah. But like, part of me was like, am I fucking this up? It's a core memory that he's even around Steph. And for a kid, like, there's no expectation you're going to meet Steph. It's just like seeing this guy warm up. That's a special thing. And like, I could imagine some kid back in the day got to watch Babe Ruth do batting practice mm. or something like that's was like when he's older, I can say Steph was right there. I was turning him towards the court, getting a picture with Steph. I actually have a live photo of Steph bricking a shot, which not a lot of people have rare, that. Rare photo. Um, but I, I, I feel like it was executed perfectly. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, one day Waylon's going to be our age, and he could have been like, oh, man, Dad bothered Steph Curry right, to get exactly. this picture that I hate. Yeah, exactly. Like I look the Sandra like, Bullock Exactly. Thing. Yeah. You played it correctly. Yeah, I played it correct, and it was fun. And, like, honestly, as cool as it was to see Steph, I saw George Mirasan from, like, me to you. <laughs> wow. And it was incredible. The whole place stops, and everybody looks at him like he's a Lord of the Rings character. George Mirasan, dead or alive? Alive, bro. Wow. There were some people that thought otherwise, but he's alive and well and very tall still. A um, couple things about the game. That that Kispert guy kind of went off. He's good. Yeah, I was like, this guy's a pickup game player, but he he balled. Um, he's the Gonzaga guy. I saw the big Daro Sakic guy. <laughs> Dario Sarge. Whatever the fuck his name is. I saw him Eurostep somebody. Yeah. Which shocked the hell out of me, but I guess I shouldn't be shocked judging he's, by the name. These guys are so big in person, right? Still European. How much taller in person are, are all these guys? He's not George Mirasan. I'll tell you who's really tall is Kuzma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Kuzma can get his own shots, and he's like probably – I met Kuzma's driver, and he was super cool, and he sound like, sounds like Kuzma's happy to be in Washington. And, you know, like he, he definitely is like the center of that offense, which is cool. Washington has a guy that wears 97 that I think is going to be awesome. He's talking like, about Bilal Kulabali. Oh, dude, that guy's awesome. Yeah. Plays his balls off. That guy's awesome. It was just a lot of it. I think the NBA is the best live sport to watch down close. 
You know, I'd take that no over doubt. a fifty yard line it's NFL. It's fun, ticket. it's light and bright. That's not guys getting melee every play. It's like good things are happening. Yes. Cool artistic motions, yes. crossovers, dribbling, passing, shooting. It's all there and the possessions are thirty seconds. What is it? Thirty seconds? Twenty four. Well, and it's fun. It's like fun. it's yeah, a great everybody. fan experience in Washington, like the Wizards are not great right now, but it is a really fun building to watch a basketball game in. Very open. Uh, and then I love the fact that like my kid you know, they, they, he was in the handshake line where he got to like slap all the players' hands on the way in. And I wanted to be like, not the Wizards, or not the, the Warriors here. You're going to be high-fiving the Wizards. But, you know, he had his Steph Curry jersey on, which I was nervous about coming in the stadium with that. But they're like, no problem, dude. Like, the NBA is just way more aware of the business. You Start know, it's just like the reason this stadium's packed tonight is because of Steph Curry. We're 9-49. and 49. Come on Come in. Come on in, man. Like, there's... 400 kids with, with Steph jerseys. Nine and 49. Yeah. yeah they're, tough. They're going to get better. They're going to get better. There's the only way, <laughs> only way to go is up. But I did like their city edition jerseys, and, uh, and I think it was a great experience. I want to shout out Chris um, and the rest of the staff there. I just can't thank you enough. Like, the NBA gets it, and uh, I love going to that game. Also, um, favorite player to watch, like, good guy award. I could tell he's a good guy. That's the thing about going to an NBA game. You can read everybody's facial expressions, watch how they work away from the ball. Like every little, you know, uh, every little interaction. Gary Payton Jr. seems like a great dude. He he fell into somebody on, on, on courtside and like it wasn't his fault. And he was like, I'm sorry, are you good? Like the whole thing, the play's going on. Some people don't even do the I'm aware of what Yes, I'm like they'll thing. bulldoze a cameraman and just like fucking get up. And the he was coming over. Russian, uh, uh, a plus size model in Miami in your backyard doing football drills. Oh boy, you're talking about Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> don't even pay that. <laughs> He had he wanted some get back. He wanted the get back. <laughs> he wanted the get back. Supposedly Tyreek's getting sued because he hit a lady too hard in a, in a football game in the backyard. Whose son is in his camp? Oh boy. Well, oh, anyways, I loved it. I uh, saw Anthony Gill. Nice. Uh, Wahoo Wah, and uh, and you know Waylon had a great time. So loved Waylon's it. Happy birthday, Way. I know. Grown ass man. First fifteen time. So first fifteen time, I gotta, I gotta, I, I gotta pose the Chief Saholic story, and it's more about Chief Saholic's lawyer. If you guys haven't seen this, have you seen this? Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you could get a worse lawyer. I mocked up a list actually of lawyers that would be better: uh, Kadarius Tony, Gary <laughs> <laughs> Busey, uh, Lenny from What's Eating Gilbert's Grape, uh, Gilbert's Grape, KC Wolf. <laughs> Jackson Mahomes, like the list goes on. It Richard be, Lewis. Richard Lewis. <laughs> it could be anybody. Iron Sheep. Anybody but this Thomas Carcetti looking motherfucker, dude. <laughs> this guy, I mean, look at his tie. You know, if I get a lawyer, He's got a the first thing I'm tie. looking at is if you're dressed like Bill Belichick, because that's exactly what Bill wore in the mm -hmm. fucking in the Pats documentary. That big ass tie. This guy didn't have a shot. And so what does he do? He turns the whole thing into a football metaphor. He says, my client's knee hasn't touched yet. You know, the whole thing, like, he could still score. What is scoring, by the way, for Chiefs of Holly? <laughs> so they'll go to the replay booth. It's 50 years if he's ruled down, Tony. <laughs> I mean, like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Uh, the government's been blitzing is what he said. Xavier. He stepped into the rush. He stepped up into the pocket. 
and he pleaded guilty. <laughs> and then he finishes with, thank you and God bless. Like he's the president of America. God bless America. Um, you know, he's going to go to prison and he's not going to get a lot of snaps outside, but some guy's going to be running four-minute mode on him in the cell. Stop. You know, like that's, <laughs> that's what's going to be happening. Chiefs <laughs> all like, um, woo! 13 seconds. By the way, dude. Chiefs related. Did you know that Clark Hunt has a uh, a mansion inside? Yes. Arrowhead? Okay, I'm the inside only of person. Water park? The inside thing. of Arrowhead Stadium. Oh like wow. A, so like, like okay, make it. Imagine at the suite level, you look at a suite, right? And they sit in their suite. It's probably like a double wide suite. And then behind it, they have an elevator that takes them up into the innards of the upper deck, which is a six bedroom, welcome to the house. Mm. You've got, you know, I'm talking fireplace that. Uh, 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 a chimney that goes through the house, and they've got fireplaces on each level. They've got plasmos. My, my main like question a, is windows. Windows out onto the field? Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The suite is right there. Wait to the wow. pan. Yeah, so, I mean. Um, and that's just the living room. That's just the office. This is like maybe. a $2 million house in Albemarle County. Yeah. I mean, look at this fucking thing. Look at the beams, man. Two million. Look at the Spanish. You're out of touch. Look at that's the like Spanish doorways. What, do you, what were you calling those doorways? Uh, those arched are arched. arched. Arched, but I mean, it's kind of Spanish architecture. <laughs> yeah, they're, they got to help you. <laughs> little they, Spanish revival, yeah. Go, go thieves. They're from yeah. Texas, yeah. Chris. <laughs> Good. You get that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it's um, cool. Which stadium do you think you would want to have a, uh, a, a suite? A house in? inside? Mm, that's a really good – I mean, the length, dude. If, if me and – that's what they should give guys that won the Super Bowl – is is a like a, a suite with with like a three bedroom apartment back there, and you get with like a big board so we die. can gamble on other things, and you know like there's there's candy, there's jelly beans, like you can get different. You get the pear jelly beans, you get the coconut jelly. There's like babysitters, every jelly day. bean. Uh, there's babysitters, the whole thing. You gotta dude. pay if you're a Charger and you win a Super Bowl. There's a place you, you can smoke reefer inside the link, dude. Oh. Hey Jeffrey, oh, yeah. I got a Harold Carmichael. Can jersey you imagine on. a Soldier Field? Uh, modern home, like a brownstone in the stadium. Oh, it'd be incredible. <laughs> incredible. So anyways... Arlington Heights or Grant Park? Hey, stop. Okay. Hey, I know you're a Francophile. Do you... Uh, you're an Anglophile and a Francophile. I'm an Anglophile. You yeah. know, what... What? Uh, did you know that there's an apartment on top of the Eiffel Tower? Seriously, it's not a joke. No. It's fucking crazy. All right, who's, who's up next? Is that real? Yeah, oh. for real. The guy who built it. Pull up the put, for that? The guy who built it That's put a, an apartment up there. It's like 550 feet in the air. If everyone could be quiet, you got it. I'm going to be serious for a moment. In the playoffs, just hey guys, Megan's going to go. <laughs> just weeks after his sister's tragic passing, Isaiah Thomas scored 53 points on his sister's birthday. Magic Johnson overcame an HIV diagnosis to lead the dream team to gold. Michael Jordan collected an NBA title after the murder of his father. Dale Earnhardt Jr. won Daytona after his father had died at Daytona. Monica Sellis returned to the court after literally being stabbed in the back. And Lance Armstrong won several tours de France after having his penis and testicles removed on account of cancer. He didn't have his penis removed. And, well... Uh, whoa, 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 wait a second. Why are you okay. trying to do okay. that to okay. Lance? And now, make <laughs> and now, make way for Duke Big Man, 
Kyle Filipowski, okay. who returned who returned to the court Wednesday night, pouring in nine points in a 25-point Duke win just four days after hurting his knee or his ankle, depending on who you ask, while trying to trip and push a Wake Forest undergraduate. Thank you, Kyle, for the inspo. Courageous doesn't begin to describe it. The Lance part, that was supposed to get we raucous. We should wear patches. Raucous laughter. We should wear Filipino. I was just thinking patches. about how fucking impressive Lance's run was or ride was. Not as impressive without a dick, though. Or, yeah. If that's what you Lance, think happened. Lance was he, like Barry Bonds. He's just better than everybody because everybody else was dope. You remember too. that question, the would you rather we had, Nate? And it was like, would you rather lose your testicles or it was something else? What was it, Nate? And it went viral. Yeah, you you lose your fingers or your testicles, and Nate's like, "I'm losing my, t- I'm losing my fingers." I was like, <laughs> "What are you talking about, bro? Chop mine off." Well, okay. I was talking to somebody today that had to go to the hospital last week no. because he sat on his testicles. Oh. Mm. Yeah, he had to go to the hospital and get imaging Big and guy. tell people why he was there and stuff. See, it's, I'm just saying. On topic. I'm glad you brought this up with yeah. Lance. No, you're because welcome. those things are in the way a lot. They are in the way. I think I win that contest. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Bottom line is, Lance was just different. And I don't want you making fun of his penis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's not really. His penis wasn't the punchline. It was Kyle Filipowski. <laughs> yeah. That was a throwaway was joke. In a, in a, nice. I just wanted to clear yeah. that up, bro. Hey, that's good. Anybody else got a first 15? Yeah, I have a first 15. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was on TikTok. So I do this thing called a dream feed, okay? We employ the dream feed with our daughter. She just turned three weeks old, okay? We didn't have a party, but we just keep track. Yeah. And at, at like 10.30, I go in there, and the baby's asleep, and I get the baby out of the, the crib, and I bring her into the you know the closet. There's a little bit of natural moonlight, and I, I feed the baby. <laughs> natural moonlight. It's nice. It's because, you know, we got the blackout curtains in the bedroom. I can't see shit. You got like an Trying to feed a baby set up there. over there. So you go into the, the closet, like... you, you get the moonlight. It's nice. It's a nice, intimate moment with your daughter. But this isn't what I'm here to talk about. After the dream feed, I scroll TikTok for like 30 minutes every night now. <laughs> and I got into like conspiracies and all this stuff. And now I'm into like morbid facts. And one of them, Uh-oh. and I, I don't know if it's true or not, is they give away free ice cream on cruises because they need to make room for dead bodies Kyle on the <laughs> ships because they say hey look you got to keep in mind the people that are riding on these ships okay a lot of older folks that are using it as an op- as an alternative to going to retirement communities yep so they they can spend less money to live on a cruise ship in Oh, pretty cool, huh? Oh, that's interesting. You just do that all year Pretty cool, around. yeah. So, like, people are going to die on these ships. It's going to happen. And then there's obviously accidents and Titanic. things of that nature. But uh, I thought it was fascinating. So I was like, I took a video, and I was kind of like, how many people are actually dying on these cruise ships? Hey, can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Mr. Long? Yes. Are you, are, you, are you intimating that the ice cream is made of dead people? No, no. What I'm saying is... They get rid of the ice cream because there's not a lot of freezer space. Oh. So they need to put the dead bodies in the freezer so they oh don't decompose. God. I thought you were saying the... Richard Lewis was ice cream. So I then I the... said, <laughs> so so then I here's the stat, okay? Uh, this is a study published in the International Journal of Travel Medicine and Global Health in November 2020. Researchers found that between 2000 and 2019, there were 557 passenger deaths 
and 66 crew deaths reported across 78 registered ocean and river cruise lines from around the world. Boy, that's a really high rate of crew death. So there's like, there's people just dying out there. So, and somebody even said in my mentions, I work for a, you know, a cruise ship for many years and we actually had a morgue in the cruise ship. And people yeah. said there's a morgue in the Bellagio. I'm starting to feel like there's dead people storage everywhere. So they're not bin Ladening these people? <laughs> they're not no. just throwing right. them in the ocean. No. <laughs> like, why not just give them a, a you know, a, a Viking we funeral? We gotta get so these bodies a, back to port. There right. is, um... <laughs> There is like a short series. I Grandma's coming home from the cruise. Forget the oh, name of it, but dead. it was basically about a cruise ship that was when COVID hit and they got stuck and people. There was a bunch of people dying on the on the cruise, and then no one would let the cruise dock because they knew they had infected people uh -huh. on the. So cruise. they had to so just stay out it was there for like Death three months. Cruise. For like three, three months hours, with people four. dying, yeah. just like, yeah. that's crazy. I'm not like, going on a cruise ship. I'm just not. <laughs> no, I'm just not. Thank you, you for go. that. But I could see how it would be a better option than going to a retirement community. Oh, for yeah. sure. For sure. sure. Yeah, I want to, if I was on. I a, don't want to shit on any town, but if I'm living in blank town in blank state and I'm like, fuck my life, dude. I see the same thing. I have the same view every day. It's like, put me on a cruise ship at least. I'm just Give me lobster all, every all, night. all inclusive. Yeah, bro. Be lit. I'm just gonna <laughs> let. Slides. I'm gonna let um, the people of the West Indies deal with me. I'm gonna just get off the the boat at some point. Have and, port towns. Have to yeah, deal just with some me. ports gonna have to deal with me. I don't want to die on a cruise ship. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess now we talk about sports. The NFL Combine is ongoing. It is ongoing. Kyle, I wonder, you know, it's been many years and a, a video service of you and I at the Combine. Boy, you were a big guy um, at the Combine, my man. I mean, uh, tree trunks for legs, my guy. Yeah, I was like, uh, I believe the exact measurements were 6'6", 313. And it, it's, it's the first, I mean, for an offensive lineman especially, it's your first opportunity to have some recognition. Like, you were lucky enough to play yeah. a, in a big-time conference, and yeah. you played a position that was showcased on defense. Yeah. Because you made plays, yeah. and uh, people knew who you were before the combine. They just wanted to see the numbers back. They want to the make tape. sure that you actually. For me, they were like, "We want to get to know this guy in the meeting rooms." Like, obviously, I did things physically that other guys my size couldn't do, but I had some red flags in my past, and they wanted to get to know me. I had seventeen of those private interviews back to back one night, <laughs> and it's speed dating. It, it's thirty minutes an interview in a room. You walk into each of these rooms for people that don't Love know. Is it's the entire sta it's it. it's the head coach, the OC, the DC, <laughs> the scouting director, um, and sometimes they're behind you. You can't see them, and you're talking to one guy. And sometimes they're in front of you. The weirdest experience I had was I walked into one room, and they introduced me to a psychologist who conducted the interview. So I knew that I was in in trouble there like uh yeah you were like Dr. shutter Ralph. some shutter people Island. ask you football questions some people ask you questions about your past but the important thing and i'll say this for young guys and if you're a young guy who's going to be going to the combine next year be as honest as you can because these guys know Hardy exactly enough. what you've done where you've been who you've been with uh and why you were there so be honest because like if throughout the course of 17 uh meetings if you change your story at all you can't even keep up with the lies. So tell the truth and deal with the results of it because where you end up is probably where you should be. What story did you change? Yeah, what did you lie about? I didn't, I mean, I didn't lie about anything. I was so honest with these coaches that, I mean, it was like. Remember the guy they asked him if you could change one thing about yourself? The funniest story. I just remembered goes, this. He goes, he goes. Dick. <laughs> 
maybe a bigger dick. <laughs> Chris, the Seahawks. <laughs> and they were like, what? <laughs> the Seahawks, Chris. So all these teams, it's, uh, it's at the train station hotel. Oh, I already know. Dude, you can stay in a real authentic train car yes. at the, uh, what is it, the convention center. I forget the this name. This is where of I stayed is in a, inside of a train. So all the teams had their private meetings conducted right there, train side in the lobby. Well, the Seahawks were like at the top of the, the, the cream of the crop at the time. Yeah. They had a hotel suite set up. Yeah. But so they're they, like they, the Seahawks. I got to go upstairs to go see the Seahawks. I walk in. It's all it's you know it's all the OGs from Seattle. Schneider, Pete. Got guys you recognize, and they were like, oh, we forgot one thing, and I had. I got in trouble. I had a DUI when I was 19. You know what I mean? That's why I changed from baseball. Oh, I'm aware. That's the fastest I ran a mile. So I sit down for the Seahawks meeting at the boardroom meeting, like in succession. And uh, they said, oh, we forgot one thing. And like a a young paper pusher, somebody ran out with a a case of beer, opened it up and put one in front of me. And they they thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Did you drink it? <laughs> like these are the senses of humor that yeah, these NFL yeah, they're fucking with you. staffs have. They want to find out how you react to shit. What'd you do? I was like, well, if you, if you guys don't drink that, I should bring that to my room. Yeah, that's uh, the perfect answer. Like, I will drink this in my train car, which I cannot drive. <laughs> I was like, I already ran. So. Kyle, <laughs> hey, the news in the morning is Kyle ran the train car into the forty yard line. <laughs> The last thing, Chris, I uh, I was balding in college. Like yeah. obviously, I'm full bald now, and I shave my head to make sure I'm bald. But if I if I didn't shave my head, I would have the cul-de-sac. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the Phil. Tom Cruise from Tropic Thunder. Yeah. My roommate at the combine was Brian Schwenke, who was the Cal Berkeley center. He had a beautiful ponytail. He was a big, burly center, badass dude, but really bright. And he and he told me really seriously the night before he goes do you have a plan for tomorrow and i was like what do you mean he was like for your hair (laughs) (laughs) and i was like no and i was like i'm probably gonna wear a hat or something he was like he goes don't wear a hat he was like you have an opportunity tomorrow to to introduce yourself to these people that are watching he was like make it a you know turn it into a positive thing he was like i think we should shave it tonight and i shaved it and I came out there and I ran and people looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. Like Don't all these guys I've been though. talking to all week, all these black dudes I've been talking to mm. all week were looking at me like I was like because you shaved somebody your else. Head? Because wow. you shaved your head. Well, I mean, Remy. I look like a skinhead. They're like, why are Remy. you bald? You're, yeah, yeah. You're, a, you're a senior in college. Why are you bald? Why are you bald, this son? Is, this is on purpose. Why, why is man's bald? Nah, bro? W roommate, though, like because doing that instead of having the cul-de-sac, like it probably he did. was like, yo, you got a plan? I don't know, man. I might have drafted you just off of like looking unstable. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, to like, girl. <laughs> I showed her the video you were running. She goes, "Kyle was bald in college." <laughs> <laughs> he was bald in college. And they uh, do like, that one drill where you get a guy in front of you and they they run him back and oh, yeah, forth. It's called it's called the the mirror dodge drill. Yeah, rabbit drill, I guess yeah. you would call it. And they put all these fat guys in front of the O lineman because it's offensive linemen rushing on offensive linemen. Yeah, the that dude was brother in law. I get up there. Yeah, that's me. I get up there. Fucking Lane Johnson is my rabbit. Oh shit, that's not good. No, and then, the and then like when I have hole. to set a wide nine, Lane Johnson is the guy running. Who yeah. broke the record for forty times. Him and Teron Armstead ran Freak like show. four sevens. Free show. Yeah. Yeah. No, for me, I just remember walking into the Kansas City Chiefs meeting because they were picking like four or something. They took uh, three. They took Glenn Dorsey, and uh, you know I wanted I, like the Chiefs were that was interesting to me. And so I walked in the meeting and I'm like kind of excited to meet the Chiefs and. Um, everybody's sitting in that meeting room in the hotel room there, normal hotel room. 
and in the back of the room there's a bathroom and uh, in that bathroom this is the annual reminder to people who listen that herm edwards was sitting in a chair inside the bathroom next to the commode faced totally sideways not facing the room not facing the entrance to the door not listening listening to what we were saying but not making any eye contact and to this day i have no idea what herm edwards was doing and i'm not sure if that was like a fuck you or like you're not going to be here when we pick or like it was like a psych out but it kind of worked you know i'm on the board and i'm like what the fuck is herm edwards doing tony sperano uh, called me out. He had like sunglasses on inside, <laughs> and I got out of the, uh, the the room where they prod you, bro. You're in your underwear, and they're just like poking you, and mm-hmm. and they're like calipering your body fat, and they're staring at you. And uh, I come back, and you weigh in. And I come back in the other room, and Sperano's grilling me, and he's like, "How many bottles of water did you drink? You're not 270." You're like he was playing hardball, you know. So you can get like buddy, buddy. You can get good cop, bad cop. You can get just like a blitz of uh, you know discomfort as soon as you walk into the room. And it is like the biggest job, job interview of your life. And when you think back at the kind of guy you were at 21, 22, 23, it's incredible that as ill-equipped as we were to be adults, we did get ready like professionals for that stuff. I remember I trained so hard, dude. It was like, you know, I'd never stopped drinking <laughs> for as long as I did before the combine. I had abs on abs. As soon as I got done, I got in the SUV and there were two hurricanes waiting for me and me and my trainer started slugging 40s and it was back to normal. But for a month or two, for a lot of these guys, you go in in a hole and you just you put your head down, and you work. And so I hope all the guys at the combine this week have great weeks, you know, because there's nothing worse than seeing somebody run a disappointing time or jump a disappointing broad jump or the bench press like fuck that up. I hate seeing guys have bad combines. I really, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody uh, because they put so much work into it. Now we're going to talk about the, the combine later uh, in a different sense where Macon's actually going to, he's got some questions lined up for us as if he was one of these coaches. Uh, but I was doing some reading last night. It's crazy how it's changed, dude. The history of the combine is 1982, they started it. Um, and in 1982, it wasn't in Indianapolis at all. It was like in New Orleans or Arizona or something. 87 is the first year that they had the combine in Indy. And I was reading an article last night about, you know, um, Rod Woodson. He was at the time a stud living in, he's from Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, his college coach comes up to him and he says, and this is verbatim, there's a combine coming up, Rod. What's that? It's in Indy. I'll drive. You know, it's like just a totally different time. And, you know, when you, when you look back at that combine, the, the purpose of the combine was actually to pull money together to be able to do x-rays and medical. Like all the teams wanted to pull their money together because it was too expensive to do it individually. Skills training was second. So it wasn't about looking at your times or anything like that. It was like a that. medical event. It's like a vehicle inspection, right? Show me the car facts. I just want to know how many collisions this, this car has been in. Like, you, you know, it could be a Ferrari, but how many incidents? And like, that's what they were trying to figure out. And that's still the point today. But I think what's interesting is they were checking pulses as needed in 1987. It wasn't like any diagnostic or health, you know, like they were doing x-rays and that sort of shit. But the combine today can actually save lives, dude. It's right. crazy how much they prod you. There are guys that could drop dead two years later with a heart defect that find out at the combine. And uh, it's just, it's a testament to how crazy it is. So, you know, the thing about Indy was they had a dome, so it was predictable in the weather, and they had faster x-rays. Like the old cities, Arizona, New Orleans, they had x-rays machines that like, it took a day or two. 
like guys were getting their x-rays in Pony Express. Like it was like a totally different time. They had x-ray guys who were working around the clock and they could just do an x-ray, churn out the next guy. Guys were doing them all night, supposedly in the 80s. Like, so you didn't get any sleep, you had to do x-rays. And then like in the morning, two hours sleep, you wake up and run. Dad told a story when he was at his pro day that it was so like, back at Villanova, it was so- I know this story. It was so underfunded that they would run in the gym and the gym was like 36 yards long and there's <laughs> nice. a hallway. So they so he had to run like the last five to ten yards. Started in the hallway. In the hallway. Start in the hallway. Through run the through the gym. Court. Yeah. So it's just changed a lot. Um, and that Did year. Did you get red flagged for anything at the combine? Uh, I didn't get. Uh, yeah. Cheating. Cheating. Yeah. I tried to. Do you know this? No. It wasn't really a red flag. Oh, your fingertips. Yeah. So like when you when you do the the I vertical, what they do for people at home is like they put you against the wall and have you reach up as far as you can reach to establish a a baseline for for how high you can reach. So then they can find out how high you're jumping. And you know, I went barehanded on the wall, and they push your. They're like, no, harder. Like they push your hand against the wall to make sure you're reaching because guys will tuck their scap. There's like a whole technique where they teach you to touch your you know tuck your scap if yep. you can shorten your arm length they're too good for that so i had a different plan which was as soon as i got my baseline i walked over to where i had a glove hidden with some tissue paper in the fingertips of the glove and tried to throw that bad boy on before i jumped now of course that's akin to pulling somebody over with like a tail light out it's mm -hmm. like easy for them and they were like hey take the glove off so yeah i was cheating but i was trying the one I, one thing i want to say about 1987 it's egregious that we just <laughs> blow right past them. yeah how many MRIs do you think were taken in 1987 at the scouting combine? Zero. Three. Three total. So it's just crazy. And it was a different time. In 1987, coincidentally, I was reading this article. There was a guy that, that there was a team, the Bucks picked the wrong player. So like, <laughs> so they called the, the, the people at the, you know, the, the, the hub called the people at the draft and they were like, we want to pick, you know, Rick Smith. And then, you know, they, they read a totally wrong name. And they From ended Rice. up with the, with the wrong, yeah, Rick Rice. And they ended up with the wrong guy on their team. So just the draft, the combine has come a long way. And, uh, and wishing those guys luck this week. It's like the Pat's war room in the dock where the guy's on the phone. He's like, so you want me to put that pick in? And then Pioli and Bill are like, yeah, put it in. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like, the, so the dock is the next thing. Um, we were supposed to watch episodes one and two. Mm -hmm. I think Kyle just. I been, watched one. You watched one, so I watched it. You've watched one and two, so you're yeah. caught up with where we're going to be. No spoilers. I know what happens. Spoilers. Okay. Spoiler alert. They win a Super Bowl almost at the end of the second episode. Drew Bledsoe gets gets cucked, and the whole thing. But the whole thing starts with uh, what is it? It starts with 9/11. Mm. Yeah. And the craziest line of the whole thing was like, they were like, first 9-11 and now Drew Bledsoe? <laughs> That's what I said. That's what That's Nate was like taking aback by. I was like, yo. Can you believe they said that? To compare that is, is crazy. There's a moment of silence for... It's not a shot. It's just what he believes. During the first game back for the yeah. Pats at Foxborough Stadium, there's a moment of silence. And there's a dude just right when the moment of silence begins yells, Take your hat off. Yeah, dude, I heard that. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. The mics they had at, uh, yeah, at they're the everywhere. stadiums, like you hear everything these these fans said, but I just wanted to pose this this uh, this question to you guys because we, we, we see a lot of 2001 Tom Brady, which is my favorite Tom Brady, is the young, drunk yes. Tom Brady. He looks like a normal guy, mm -hmm. like a hot normal guy, right? He's Tom Brady, 
but he's not Tom Brady. And so I, the question I would pose to you guys, well, more so for Macon, the resident expert on all things guys' looks, mm -hmm. is Drew Bledsoe in 2001 a hotter guy than 2001 Tom Brady? For yeah. sure. Yeah. Is, no question. Is Drew Bledsoe in 2024 hotter than Tom Brady? Uh, in 2024? Bledsoe looks great. He looks, he looks young. Have you seen the Brady cutaways, though? Honestly. They're pretty good. Elite. For, for me, yeah. I'm dating Drew Bledsoe before I'm dating Tom Brady. Right okay. now? Let me ask you something. I think so. I was getting a massage. Did you just see Tom Brady run the 40? How good he looks? But it's but that's Drew's not scary. having all that work done, you know? It's yeah, just, Drew's a, he's a natural that's beauty. Hate. That's hate. That's, I don't know if that's hate, bro. <laughs> that's hate. I don't know if that's hate. <laughs> Drew, hey, and the thing about Drew Bledsoe, you roll up on Drew Bledsoe, he's a big, tall, strapping guy, big. dude. He's like 6'6". Big Western man. He's a Western man. Anyways, I just... You know, the whole Ty Law selling the house to Brady. Ty yeah. Law's oh got his... 150000 He fleeced him. Fleeced. <laughs> and, Ty, and, and Ty Law had his TV sunk into the wall. Yeah. Bubble, he had bubble the, Which screen. is like the 2001 version of having like eight TVs. Yep. Ty Law had one TV sunk into the wall. It was recess. Um, Tom, Tom, you know, like the Wally Pip thing, there was a very real feeling I got. Not that I was ever Drew Bledsoe or Tom Brady ever took my spot, but like... You and I have both been Wally Pitt because of injuries, I think. You know, like, like eventually for you, injuries was what got your job taken. When I, I'll never forget sitting down with Greg Williams, who I love, and him being like, Chris, you're not yourself. Like, we got to play William. Like, you're going you're gonna to play, but we, it's a disservice to the team to start you. And it's the worst thing you could ever hear. And, like, it just, it crushes you. Like, even though you know it's fair, it crushes you as a competitor. And uh, how you respond to that is, uh, it's up to the guy. And Drew, in the moment, and you know, Drew and I talked about this when he came on the pod, like, you could tell he was bitter. Like, he was bitter. He didn't think that was fair. And to be honest, part of me wonders if the same thing would have happened with Drew at quarterback, you know, in yeah. some different form. I'm not saying he would have won six, seven championships, but when you talk about Bill and his legacy, and we hit on this when he retired, they won that first Super Bowl because of the defense, you know, and they won the last Super Bowl because of the defense. And, you know, like Tom, his greatness is obvious, but um, I felt for Drew watching that. And even though he probably didn't handle himself exactly how he probably wanted to, looking back on it, I don't know. It, it wasn't obvious to me when they were interviewing Drew, the awkward interview where he says he, I'll say this, I hope to get the opportunity to get my job back. If Tom is literally sitting right next it's to him, because the they cut and he's sitting down there, but it wasn't clear if he was sitting down there listening to that. There had editing. to be a bunch of tension. Even it's like, good editing. Even yeah, looking really back when editing. he said, like he said after that Rams game where they lost and they went five and five at that point, it was Tom's first bad game, and you know Drew, like even in retrospect, was like, I thought a little shine would come off that nickel and I'd be able to get back out mm -hmm. there. Like he still kind of looks at it a little sideways. And the funniest thing to me was with Bill's history and Bernie Kosar in Cleveland, which I don't know if you've gotten this yet, Kyle. Yeah. The funniest thing in the whole fucking documentary so far was the Cleveland fans actually built gallows and hung, hung yeah. all brown. Art Modell. Or Art Modell and uh, Tom Brady. Like, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said, until the day that I die, I will walk to the end of this earth to terrorize and torture you. Yeah, dude, I mean, it's just wild times, man. Wild times in the NFL and going through the, the tuck rule thing and like, they went hurry up in the snow to get back in that game. Like they just did bold things to kick that field goal. I know they didn't have much of a choice, but to make that kick, like 
incredible. So it just frames things, I think, for a lot of younger people who grew up with the Patriots being dominant all the time in a different light where it's like, Kraft's talking about they haven't won super, they haven't won a playoff game in X amount of years. It's crazy to today's kid, like an Aiden age kid who's a Pats fan, that that was the reality. The old Foxborough Stadium, which was right behind where I lived, the footprint of where that thing was. I looked out at where it would have been, and uh, looks you like know, a really legit Texas high school football stadium. Yes, dude. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't always the Patriots, man. And I think uh, it's just incredible to watch the origin story and like see these characters kind of weigh in because. At the time, you assume everybody's like, yeah, you know Brady's going to be great. But there was a time period where you're like, I don't know, he's just a kid running the offense. It's good, but they are directly copying the last dance. Yes. And they don't have quite as much behind-the-scenes footage that we've never seen. They did get SVP with hair. Yeah. That was a really cool cameo, Scott Van Pelt with hair. Um, also, young, young, Bill, young Bill Belichick. Look at how he dealt with the media. Yep, laughing given big long answers yep. like you know it's just it's so crazy to see how callous people become over a 20-year run and how they change naturally because of the stressors and the, the successes and the lows i love the very old footage but it was the strangest part for me was a very weird reenactment of ernie adams leaving his house to drive to the game that was weird the, listening no, to the with, radio with, yeah with definitely fake radio calls fake radio calls and it's ernie adams today it's not like not a, twenty years. It's ago. not a home run documentary, but like I'll watch it. Yeah, you're gonna give me. I like, like it. I fuck it's with good. it. It's good. It's cool. I hold Tom Brady obviously in the same regard I hold MJ. And I remember when I got signed to the Chiefs and I was training, I prepped myself to be around greatness by watching The Last Dance. I think it's another reminder of some of the mental sharpness and toughness that you have to carry with you if you want to be the GOAT. And I can't wait for the Whether it's Tecmo yeah. or it's the fucking Denver Broncos you're playing against. But I can't wait for when it's not – right now it's not easy for them in episodes one and two. I can't wait for that 10-year drought because – I'm just so interested to know like the strain behind the scenes after losses and in big games and that that long spell between championships. I think the relationship he has with Nugent, uh, was it? It's Nugent, his center. Yep. Yeah. Um, at the beginning is really cool. They show the picture of Tom Brady on the wall of their it was apartment, a, yeah, and he's tackle. like, he said, uh, I think that's a completion there. He's like, yeah, completion of me hitting it. Yeah, right. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's such a classic mm -hmm. bro relationship. Mm -hmm. That's a bro relationship. Young Tom Brady was a bro. He still is. I know what I didn't like, and it showed how kind of ruthless old locker room, NFL locker room were. The prank they played on Brady, not acceptable. They put invisible ink FBI. in his shoes that they, the ink that if you rob a bank, it like a packet explodes on you and you can't get it off for two weeks to a month. I think Bledsoe so, had a lot to do with that. So they can catch, yeah, they can catch you. And the thought, of having purple feet, like while you're training, and like athlete's foot or whatever it is, that is really, I think that's really fucked up. That's a step below when they put a tarantula in Kyle's room. In the, in the training <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't know what, what what's worse. Tarantula. Like, <sighs> Tarantulas I don't know, lie. bro. Like that, that, that it happened. You scream. You were scared. If you put a you snake. Think about it. Like if there, if there's more, 
but like it's over with. If you put Bro, a snake in my room, I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna choke you. Yeah, I but, know, but like put my hands this, around your not neck. Not that the and, snake or the spider is not gonna be there tomorrow night. It's that I'm gonna have the thought of is there a snake or a spider in my bed? No, but you're also day. gonna be tracking. It's like Bledsoe takes two pressure weeks for your purple to go away. But you're gonna be tracking ink everywhere you go. Every time no, you get in the shower. No, I don't shower. think it works like that. Yes. You're talking like it's a cartoon. Like it's just like a no, bro. What do you mean? No, once it's on, it's on. You know, it's on for like three weeks. I don't think you're like walking around on your carpet. You just have a henna tattoo, bro. Like yeah, it's a henna tattoo. You're tribal now. Yeah, yeah. How about Josh Kraft being a little Mark Wahlberg, huh? He left early. The game early. And how about how did he call him? I guess they had cell phones in 2001. Barely. You know, but they were so rich. They probably. How does he get back in though? Well, he's Josh Kraft. After 9-11, you need another ticket, yeah, buddy. Yeah, he's Josh Kraft. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, it's weird. Clear bags and everything now. And because I had Combine on the mind, how come we don't measure kicker's feet? That's really interesting. Like wow. Adam Vinatieri. I was wondering if he had like a little baby size nine foot that's, you know, compact and yeah. powerful, or if yeah. he's got a 15 at the end of his leg. You that's put, an you, interesting you question. Put, you put your kickers that's in those really little, those little shoes question. that they put people in in China. Right. What like, else should they measure? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chris Jones has been called back to the field for another oh event. Oh my god! You guys are sickos. <laughs> like cup size? If I'm talking like breasts, see yeah. that some of these yeah. alignment. Oh yeah, big dog. How big are his tits? Big, big jacks. <laughs> they're, they're up in the room, like man, that uh, that guard from Iowa State's got some jacks. How big's that ass? How many inches? All right, so there we do that. <laughs> Even non-kickers, though, I can see an Ernie Adams type. Starting to want like, hey, I want a guy with size 12. I don't want a guy tripping over his feet. It, Kyle, if you were a coach and you had one measurement you could figure out with offensive linemen, what would it be? For me, with defensive linemen, it's not only arm length, but it's, it's ankle flexion. I talk about it all the time. Front I, squat. Front squat. Oh, Interesting. Nice. How good was your front squat? Pretty good. Yeah, and that's, that goes back to the question. When you ask somebody in an it's interview, what do you think would make squat. a great you know, XYZ, the person always goes back to what they were good at. You know, front they, squat or they'll tell uh, you they'll tell you what so when you're saying ankle flexion like so like the bend the bend in your ankle but which you i didn't have me, okay. you asked me but you think it's front squat. and i think it's front squat because yeah. i know it fucking works yeah well I mean, yeah. it might work for, for <laughs> you big dog well i would say any like anything that you're building up uh your your core your ankle flexion yeah. your, your hip mobility that's one exercise that just gets everything really well, I'm pretty sure Cam Hayward can front squat a whole boatload of weight. Yeah. And uh, he's a great, great guy to talk to. Just won Walter Payton Man of the Year. A guy I got a lot of respect for. And just a, probably an easy listen you'll find because he's an easy guy to talk to. Uh, enjoy Cam, and then uh, we're going to have some fun in a couple minutes. Welcoming now to the show, this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year, Pittsburgh Steeler great. I can call him a Pittsburgh Steeler great already. Uh, Cam Hayward. Welcome to the show, dude. Appreciate you having me, brother. It's so good to see you. The last time I saw you, I had to go to, uh, my brother had a, a dinner, uh, not, not you, Kyle, but Howie had a dinner, our youngest brother, during NFL Honors, and I didn't have my phone, and I walk into Kelsey's party, and there you are, and I'm like, <laughs> How, how's your weekend going? And you're like, I just won Man of the Year. Uh, we're, we're in the club, dude, so... How did it feel, and uh, how was the speech? I mean, I watched it, but how did that go? Dude, um, man, it was it was one of those euphoric nights where, you know, um, I hadn't planned on it. You know, I uh, went into it thinking, like, man, I'm just here to have fun, have a good time. It's in Vegas. Brought my wife, and, you know, we were just going to enjoy it. But, um, you know, the, the night was awesome. 
Uh, they didn't tell me I was winning, so I didn't really have a speech ready. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, uh, that was crazy in itself. But, man, I was, uh, you know, at this point, those moments you'll never forget. So you went off the cuff a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> well, the things that... That's always better, though, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, that I feel like that's always better, especially for athletes. We yeah. can... We can uh... We can maneuver those issues a little bit. Well, you, the things that came to the top of your mind, obviously you talked a lot about your mom and you talked a lot about Mike Tomlin and the, the yeah. Steelers organization. Like, those were truly the first things that came to mind, huh? Yeah. You know, um, you, you want to single in on the people, like, that are there because there's, like, it's a crowd. So yeah. it's like I don't want to get lost in the middle of it. But um, I just wanted to thank them um, because, one, the Steelers gave me the, the opportunity my mom and my wife and uh, Coach Tomlin have all, you know, been instrumental in helping us get to this point. Um, and I just wanted to thank the nominees. You know, I've been there when you won, and shoot, I, I watched you, and I was I was appreciative of just hearing your story and hearing the work you did. You know, it, it, it's cool to be recognized as you know the man of the year, but it's even cooler to see what the guys are doing around the league because I don't know if we do a great job of always highlighting what great job our, our guys are doing. Yeah, I always feel like bad news travels way faster than good news, and there's yeah. so much good news, man. And I just remember going there, and, you know, like, winning it's cool, and I know you've been there a lot when you were nominated, but for me, it's like everybody's a winner for being there. You know, like, all yeah. the work we're doing, getting showcased and looking around and sharing the stage with certain guys. Like, for you, who was the guy that you shared the stage with that you were just blown away to be standing with? Dude, well, like... Was it two years ago when yeah. Whit won? Yeah. When Whitworth won? And yeah. I was like, man, I'm not even in the same category as this dude. Like, this dude's amazing. amazing. Like, yeah. man, I, I, I was like, I, I didn't feel worthy of even being up there with him. Because I was just like, man, Whit is doing an amazing job. And then to see, you know, the fruits of his labor where another player was affected by it, I was just like, damn, that, that, that's special. He's a special guy, and I felt that way about all you guys. Like, I was just kind of, I felt, like, unworthy, the way you put it. You know, like, I almost felt guilty to win the award. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's just, like, there's so many dudes who you're like, that guy's a better guy than me, like, man of the year. It's like the MVP award. It's like, you, it's, there's going to be arguments over it every year, but it's all good stuff because, like you said, we've got so many great people on that stage every year, and there's so many guys that probably could be on the yeah, stage the, as well. Yeah, there's so many guys that aren't on the stage and the whole thing, but I just... The work you do is incredible, and one of the things that I was zeroing in on was Craig's Closet, and I just think that's so cool, you know, getting dudes who are nervous about uh, a big interview or something where they have to wear a suit, the right threads, and I, I guess my follow-up question for you would be, was this the most nervous you ever were in a suit? <laughs> uh, besides, you know, the most nervous is probably when I got married. Because uh, I was Good like, answer. why the hell is my wife marrying me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, what's the catch, dude? When's the other shoe going to drop? <laughs> Who's playing the joke on me? Like, mm -hmm. you know, but, uh, you know, um, I when they told me I won, I was just like, like, you see Prince Harry up there. And I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. How, how the heck am I supposed to, like, be up there with Prince Harry? Like, it's not, it doesn't even make sense at this point. Well, your football royalty now, I mean, it's really the biggest award in the National yeah. Football League. People love the MVP and the Super Bowl, but it's really the pinnacle of our sport to be at the top as a man, as a football player. And you know what's great about a lot of the guys, and Cam's one of these guys that, like, I consider them, like, Hall of Fame guy, like, players and Hall of Fame guys, too. You know, like, 
uh, it, 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 it is a special thing to be both, and you are. And I just, I when we were talking about the speech, of course, dude, when we were talking about the speech, I'm looking out there, and I can remember, and I don't watch Stranger Things, but David Harbour is a guy I recognize from a lot of stuff, and, <laughs> you know, I'm nervous. I'm like, how's the speech going? And I can see, like, under the spotlight is David Harbour, and he's sitting there like, and he's nodding. It just gave me a little juice to, like, keep <laughs> yeah. going. And I'm wondering, did you, could you see the people in the crowd? Like, were you kind of starstruck by anybody looking out there? Because, you know, comedians can't see. Yeah. Musicians can't see. But they light that thing so you can see everybody's face. Yeah. You know, I was trying to zero in on, like, people I knew. Because yeah. I was like, okay, if I, can, if I can go with them, like. I was trying not to look at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I knew, like, the host, Keegan-Michael Key, we yep. had met years ago at a Pro Bowl. And so, you know. I saw him at the corner of my eye. I'm looking at him. He's excited for me. But then I look in the, into the, you know, the audience. I'm looking at Mike T. Mike T. You know, they have pictures of him. He looks like a proud dad in that moment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that, that's awesome. But yeah. uh, you know, I'm looking at my wife, my mom. I'm looking at the Peyton family because yeah. you know you get so close to him, and it's like, man, like you're just appreciative because like. You, you, I, I felt like they were my biggest cheerleaders too. So no it didn't feel like I had to, you know, you know, go off the spectrum and really, you know, talk off cuff though. Yeah, well, I mean, like Mike Tomlin, he's he's a young, he's a younger guy. He's getting older now, but like I always think of him as a young guy. Number one, he looks young, and number two, he acts young. Like, um, and you being like going into year fourteen coming up, what's y'all's relationship like? Is it kind of like peer to peer? You know, like you guys are brothers, or is it kind of like he's your big brother, or is he just coach? Uh, he's coach, big brother. Um, he, he's wrapped up in a lot, man. Uh, you know, he texts me when he was at the combine and he's already talking shit to me. He's already giving mm -hmm. me hell, you know, talking about, I got these D linemen out mm -hmm. here. I just want to draft yeah. them all. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he's getting underneath my skin in that mm -hmm. way. Um, but you know, as much as he talks about my old age, I was like, now Belichick's gone. You're the oldest coach now, so mm -hmm. deal with that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's always, you know, poking That's and wild. prodding at each other to, you know, make us better. That's not real. We, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I don't believe it. I well, he's the most tenured it. for sure. Yeah. I just refuse to believe that Mike is <laughs> How old is, how old is Mike Tomlin? Dude. Well, you, he's they got just some pulled they, now, man. They he's just pulled crazy. up. They just pulled up oldest NFL coaches, and they had like Romeo Cornell in there. He's Every year, those eyes get a little. Bit Andy Reid still got him. Andy Reid's got him, but the, the longest tenured coach in the NFL yep. is Mike Tomlin. That makes sense. It's just incredible, Ooh. dude. And you know, I was thinking for you in Vegas, you know, and me as a guy who's been to a Super Bowl and the whole thing. Like you're imagining being in that game in Vegas. And like if you if you were there this year, year thirteen, grizzled vet, you know these young guys' eyes get big in Vegas. Like how yeah. what what do you think the challenges would have been had you guys gotten <laughs> that far of like of of keeping Look it together that week? You know what I mean? Like what do you what do you what do you got Pickens like a padlock on his room oh, and, and <laughs> well, you know there would have been just a bus leading him. You know they took him out of the city, but you know there would have been a bus leading everybody right back to the city. No question. No so, question. Party bus, I think. Some of like, the nights. I've, I've heard about, like, when guys have been there before, there's always been a curfew of when you're in the city. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, it's more just, like, understanding we got a job to do. Like, you know, would you rather, you know, 15 minutes of feeling good or would you rather eternity of being remembered? Exactly. So, mm. 
that 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 that's what be my message. Like we could party after, but you know we got a job to do. Oh yeah, you, you can party after. You, you know what I remember for eternity was my introduction to the Pittsburgh Steelers football team. It was my rookie year, 2013. We went up to Heinz Field on Monday Night Football. I don't know if you remember this game, but it was the game where Cutler hit Ryan Clark, I believe, outside the oh. uh, outside the hash uh, on a scramble. Well. During oh, yeah, of, he trucked R.C. <laughs> yeah, during, during one of these. R.C. Now one, we're on the same set. <laughs> during one of these plays, during one of these plays, I'm, I'm blocking. Maybe I was blocking you or trying to block you. And the play ended, and I'm trying to walk back to the, the huddle. I'm walking by a pile, and uh, Kiesel tabletops me over a pile. <laughs> <laughs> and I go to put my hand up for him to pick me up and he psychs me out mm. i got up and i was like uh you're that guy huh and he was like i guess so and to me <laughs> oh man what an asshole and, and, and my in my brain i was like i guess all the pittsburgh steelers are just assholes yeah you know you grow up you're, you're watching james harrison he's like the biggest bully in mm-hmm. the world on the mm-hmm. football field i want to ask you because you are the archetypical Steeler right now I mean, I think about guys like Vince Williams, who many people don't know the way he played the game, uh, but people know Troy Palmalu. Who is the most archetypical stealer um, that maybe people wouldn't associate with the team that you've played with uh, since you've been in Pittsburgh? That I've played with? Oh, man. Um, I know a Landon Roberts hits as hard as almost any of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a beast. He's always coming downhill. E-Rob doesn't play. Um, it might be Vince, though. Like, Vince doesn't get enough credit for what he did. Like, we always call him our 907 linebacker because, you know, if he gets you in the hole, he is going to make you pay. I think one year he had, like, seven sacks at the inside linebacker position. So it was just That's like. Wild. He wore 98. I know, I know. He was yeah. always just a, uh, running around <laughs> a big guy number out there just lighting Shout out up. to Vince Williams. Yeah, he was a beast. B-dub. Um, when you got, you, he was asking about Brett and like, I just wonder, cause there were so many vets when you got in there and like, when we got in the league, cause what was your first year? 11. Yeah. Was yeah. that the lockout year? Yes. Yeah. So like you came at the cusp of like when the NFL changed to me, because like, you know, when I got in the league, there were so many vets and, you know, I know a good organization like yours, like there were a ton of good vets that had played a lot of good ball. And I wonder with all those vets, who was the nicest and most friendly to rookies, and then who was the biggest asshole? <laughs> who was the biggest? Oh, man. Um, you know, you're starstruck. Because, like, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Like, I yeah. was born in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So when I got to Pittsburgh, I was like, my brother, my little brother, had a Troy Palomalo fathead in his room. And I was like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. He might be so, over like, the when house. I got here, um, I think Troy might have been the nicest. Troy, like... That's baby Jesus. Like, yeah. he is – there's nothing he can do that's wrong. Um, and it's just, you know, he comes up to you, hey, Cam, how you doing? You know, pleasure to meet you. But then Troy tells jokes on top of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, like, Troy's one of those people that's not really funny but is funny at the same mm-hmm. time just because mm-hmm. it's Troy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he always tells this joke, let me tell you a joke. And he goes, Cam Hayward. <laughs> And I'm just like, bro, <laughs> I'm just like. He's a dad jokes, bro. Yeah. Oh, he's full of dad jokes. Let me tell you a joke. A joke, Cam Hayward. <laughs> so, so I guess he was the asshole and the good guy rolled into yes. one. But I, I was going to say Joey Porter might be minus 200 to be the, the asshole. <laughs> just from PZ's the story not bad. I've heard. P- okay. PZ's P- 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 cool. Like, 
you know, PZ welcomes everybody and is usually the loudest one in the room. So, yes. you know. That's how I am. He was an asshole to the a The loudest opponent. one in the room want to cross friends with everybody yes. in the locker room. Yes. Exactly, exactly. You need guys yes. like that. And now you're playing with his son, which is crazy. And like, yes. That's insane. And the whole and thing of like. opposites. That's yeah, the crazy that's part. Yeah, that's what I heard. And then like you, you being second generation and him being second generation and you crossing paths, like. How, yeah. how, how have you been able to help him with that whole deal, the pressure of it? And it's the same damn team for both you guys. Yeah, you know, f for us, it's it's weird because, like, I remember when J.J. would just show up to camp and just be at camp just walking around, running around in a golf cart like a kid. And so seeing him now, he's a lot more prepared than people realize. Like, you know, just being around it. And I think um, – when you get these second generation guys like us, I think um, it's not like, you know, we get enamored by, you know, the stuff that doesn't matter. It's we love ball. We just want to play ball and, you know, we want to prove it. I think yeah. that's the, been the main thing because we've always been in the shadows of, you know, our dads. And so it's like, man, I got to I got to set on this course for myself. No question. I think like. One thing that always drove me crazy was like people just just saying, "Hey, well, you, it's all talent with you because your dad played." I'm like, "It's combine week, man. Look at some of these defensive ends, bro. The way they're testing. Like, you want to talk about freaks? We're yeah. freaks, but we're not the biggest freaks in the league. I think, you know, and especially with you having a different body type than your dad, mm -hmm. and you know, a lot of guys are that way. Like, I think it's about the mental makeup. I yeah. think it's you know, like just for better or for worse, you're not like you said enamored with it. You you don't think your shit doesn't stink." Because yeah. you can go home and there's somebody at home that's better than you, you know, at, for a while in your case. But, uh, but you know, like, we, we had dads that played, uh, and, and I think we, we, we were subjected to pressure that made us better. Yeah, you know, I, I was just talking to somebody, and, you know, the, the things my son's going to have to deal with as he grows Ooh. up, it's like, you know, everybody's going to be trying you just because – you're my son. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's just the way it is. You always have a target on your back. And I like it that way. Like, yeah. you, you learn to embrace that part. Yeah, you, you certainly do. And so talking about these young guys, who are you excited to see play next year? Uh, you know, take that second year jump or maybe a second, third year guy. I know you've got, you know, Herbig's really exciting. Benton, you've probably taken him under your wing. There's a bunch yeah. of young, exciting dudes on that team. Who can you not wait to see play next year? I think you, you hit the nail right on, the, on it. You look at Keanu Benton and you look at Nick Herbig, um, you know, my Wisconsin brothers. Uh, we got a lot of those dudes these mm -hmm. days. But, you know, I, I, to be a rookie and play D-line, I think Benton's got a high ceiling. Um, you know, he uses his hands well. He's able to move well. Still things he's getting used to, but yeah, he, he's ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, and then Herbie, he just – he provides splash. Like, you know, it didn't feel like there wasn't a time he was in there. He was making a big play. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I just – him learning from TJ is always going to be big. You got TJ and Alex. So, to have a three-headed monster like that at the outside linebacker position is is crazy in our league. The first guy I asked you about when we took, when we talked at the Super Bowl and we caught up a little bit was, was you know, Highsmith's importance because I think he is just – way overlooked uh, yeah. on a national media scale and, you know, overshadowed by TJ, understandably, but this guy can absolutely play it. I know he didn't go to the Pro Bowl, but this guy was a beast this year. How important is he to your defense and, and, uh, and how much do you enjoy watching him rush opposite TJ? 
You know, I think with TJ, you always look at it and say he's Superman, but I'm yeah. like, you know, Highsmith is Batman. And yeah. you, you get yeah. those guys off the edge and um, they create a lot of havoc. You know, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, TJ's not the one who wants to drop and Alex never really dropped in college, but right. Alex has got so many picks and they're so crisp yes. in how he drops. It's it's insane. So, like, yeah. we always say, keep catching them like that. They're just going to make you the, the drop in from here on out. <laughs> so. yeah, you might want to drop one of those picks <laughs> or, or or run down the seam when you're supposed to be hook curl. Yeah. You know, just, just fuck it up, man. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's what I would do. Um, I think what's so interesting about your division is it's so physical, but there are three different challenges. Mm-hmm. Like the schemes, the run schemes, the sort of things like, you know, when you when you see Cleveland, you're going to see, you know, big physical dudes. You're going to see some gap scheme. You're going to see an athletic quarterback and Lamar. Uh, Joe's going to get that ball out. Like, do mm-hmm. you do you find yourself changing the way you play in each of those matchups? Yeah. You know, with Baltimore, it's it's such a heavy dose of run. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's why I was kind of annoyed when they played this. The KC, it was like you you go the run game every single game, but the, you, the second you play Patrick Mahomes, you decide to shrivel up and not be yourself. Right. Um, you didn't but, mind that, though, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I didn't care either way. So you don't root against those guys? Lose. Yeah, you want if, if it's possible, you <laughs> yeah. both teams lose? Uh-huh. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. went to the end where the they, they can't go, go and they got to bring in another team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you look at, like, Cleveland, um, and it, it's a heavy dose of run and play action. Um, they do a great job of, you know, getting uh, their wide receivers in good spots. Uh, and then, you know, for, for whatever reason, this year Cincinnati became more of a passing team um, and kind of went away from the mix and runs. And, um, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, those, those guys are special. So it, it's more of a passing spread off type of game when you play them. What's the big difference inside when you play a team that goes gun run a lot versus the team that, you know, is under center and uh, maybe some of the angles? Man, I, I think I think when you play when you play Baltimore, it's just like you're in a three four structure almost the entire game. And, yes. you know, you're worried about that fullback who's three hundred pounds over mm-hmm. there, Ricard. <laughs> so you're boy. having the <laughs> you know, our outside <laughs> linebackers have to cut him down as soon yeah. as possible. Yep. Um, but then you look at like the spread offense and you look at, you know, you're usually in a two and a three. Um, and, you know, if you stop, stop them on first down and they don't get any yards, you're, you're, you're setting your hair on fire at that point. You know, yes. you're really just, you're playing a track, a track me for the most part and, you know, on your way to the run. So it's, it's definitely different in our league, but, you know, you got to be prepared for the run, you know, for the long term. Do you have one game that you remember in division that was the most physical one? I mean, I have them in the NFC West. I remember one game in particular with the Niners when they had all those dudes and Seattle had all those dudes. It was physical, but this is a fucking, I mean, this is a washing machine, the AFC North. Do you remember one game that it was like, oh, my God? (laughs) You know, there was a stretch in the Baltimore series where um, it just felt like we were playing Navy. And it was just mm-hmm. triple option. And so it was mm-hmm. just, oh, either the dive up the middle or we're going to flip it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and you just, it was like we played them. And then the worst part about it is we played them again in another two weeks. And so mm-hmm. it was just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was like, you know each other. It's just like we're going to keep beating on each other until one of us blinks. How about O-line, Kyle? Let's talk O-line. I want to hear this from both of you guys. Cam first, who do you think is the best O-line in the league? 
best O-line in the league. Oh, man. I don't even want to give anybody credit. Uh, I know. Maybe not anybody <laughs> in this league. I was going to ask you about a player. Like, you know, who is an O-lineman in the league that maybe deserves more credit? You don't have, yeah, you don't have to oh, fucking crown him, one. man. But yeah. you can say, hey, you know, this young you guy their ass, from XYZ does a good job at this. I don't think we give enough credit to Marshall Yonda. Like, yeah, dude, he was amazing. <laughs> yeah, bro, he could play center, guard, tackle, and at an all out in every level. position. Like, yeah, he was a beast. Played with the nastiness, and like, you know, I, I didn't like talking about Baltimore, but like, that was a dude who was like, okay, you better bring it hard at because that dude can go all over the place. Unorthodox pass set, Very. really would get on you and use his hands well. He moved yes. laterally really well. I got a funny story about Yonda. So my first time at the Pro Bowl, I'm riding the bus. And there's no, I'm like the last guy on the bus, and there's no seats except for one next to Marshall Yonda. <laughs> and I didn't know Marshall Yonda at the time, like as a person. Uh, I didn't know how he was. And I sat next to him, and I was like, hey, Mr. Yonda, big fan. He's like, nice to meet you, you know, nice to meet yeah, you. He's like a grown up. It's yeah. like, you know, he's got his hard hat and his lunch. Dude, he'd happy. He'd be, he said, yeah. do you mind just not talking to me before the game? <laughs> he said, I know you're excited to be here, kid, but do you mind not talking to me before the game? And it worked. And it was great. Oh, I got to yeah, try that. It worked I well. Try that. Can you I'm not talking to me before the show? You got to be Marshall Yonda. <laughs> he comes in here with his cup of coffee. He's just a ball of energy. I'm like, uh, uh, I got to try the Yonda thing. But yeah, Yonda was great. Uh, Yonda was, uh, was, God, he was great. Yeah. yeah, and the thing about playing Yonda was like, you'd feel that last shove all yeah. the time. That uncomfortable, like, just like the echo of the whistle that, that makes you feel like you, you have to disengage. And mm -hmm. if you disengage... Ten. And even if he's not on you, he might find you. You know, like yes. he's always around the pile. Either you lean on him or he's going to lean on you. So. It's a lean <laughs> fest, dude. It's a last shove fest with that guy. Rob Ninkovich said it. He goes, when I had to play Marshall Yonda and he was playing tackle, he was so unorthodox, he was better than any tackle I played. Yeah. Um, and I think that happens a lot with guards that move outside because they're so different. They're used to being in a phone booth. Um, let's talk about right now, man. Like I, I, was, I was on the bandwagon all year cheering you guys on standing on couches in our live watch studio. I was big Steelers fan. And then you guys hit that, that bump in the road, man. And, and oh. you know, the indie game I felt like was like, man, the bottom just fell out. Cause I was putting myself in y'all's shoes and you know, you feel like the season's on the line mm -hmm. and it was so hard to get a stop. I felt helpless watching cause it was like, they were just moving it. How did you climb out of that hole? Cause the whole country left y'all for dead after that game. Um, you know, I think that was a stretch we went, uh, lost to AZ, lost to New England, yes. and lost to the Colts. And so, man, you know, it, it's easy to think like the sky is falling, but I think you just got to kind of just reel it in um, and just, you, you singular it. You, you, you say, dude, we got one game and kind of just lock in on that. But we definitely don't make it easy on ourselves. It was... It was it was rough those those three games and um, man looking back I wish we really could have taken advantage of that opportunity. Hey, so from the outside looking in, I work on, at CBS on Sundays and we got to cover you know we we got to talk about all these uh, these hot button things and sometimes uh, I was asked to talk about a void in offensive leadership in Pittsburgh as yeah. a defensive leader in that locker room. At what point do you take it upon yourself to say I got to cross uh, I got to cross the uh, what is it, the party line here, and go talk yeah. to this offensive group because, you know, they respect a guy like you. Yeah, you know, I think 
you know, I, w- I won't relate to any one point, but th- there were times I had to go across and, you know, just have conversations. And I think, you know, it wasn't just me. There was other guys. And because at the end of the day, you don't want it just to be, oh, the offense is losing your games. It's the yeah. team that's losing your games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that my name is on that. And so um, I felt like I, I own some of that responsibility. And so it's more than just one guy. It's more It's more of what do we got to do to get this right? And, you know, holding each other accountable, letting the offense grow. Um, you know, it's tough because you lose Kenny for that chunk of games and then you're trying to put Mitch in, and then Mason. And so in that, you lose some stability at the quarterback position. And so um, luckily Mason got it going late and, you know, really opened up the offense because, um, you know, from the quarterback position, not having that um, – that, foundation to really lean on when you know Kenny got hurt and I think we were seven three at the time yeah but we were still doing with a lot and you know injuries and inconsistent play well I gotta tell you two of the guys I love watching the most on that offense are you know George Pickens and Jalen Warren I guess I'll start with George um I know he had that that stretch where people were on his his ass a little bit about finishing and that sort of thing and you know, like there are plays where maybe if you caught me on film, you'd be yes. like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I'm sure Cam, as hard as he plays, sometimes you could run harder. I mean, but, you know, you got to reinforce that effort and that maturity. And I thought he responded really well. And, yeah. uh, and, and I loved when he was on the sideline. I was ranting about this on the show and he was doing the I can't hear you thing. And, <laughs> I, and I wish I could have been like George. You did hear everybody. <laughs> like that's why you just went for two hundred, brother. What 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 went into that for him? You know, I think George is young, and so the the way we live now, and everybody's affected by social media, and everybody's you know locked into what a reporter has said or what the media is going with. It's just you know we tell him we're riding with you, dude. Like, yeah. and you know it might not be pretty. Shoot, we all mess up. Like, yeah. Like, we just bounce back from it. And, yeah. you know, once you go out there and you show them something else, it's like, oh, now we're back in good graces. So, yeah. you know, it's just like, bro, we're never going to turn on you. It's just we just want you to be great. He can be great, man. And Jalen Warren, to me, he seems like a little bit of that archetypical stealer. You know, I, yeah. and I, I love the guy, and he seems like he does and says all the right things. And I wonder, can he be one of those offensive leaders? Is, is he already? You know, I think the young Jalen Warren, um, you say he's just, you know, he's getting ready for his opportunities. Yeah. Um, but I think having a real balance between both him and Najee and them both understanding that we need both of them to be on the top of their games uh, and we need to, both of them to ask a lot of each other, that allows for them to challenge each other. And I think, um, you know, each one of them makes each other better. I, 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 I feel like when you look at our running back position – I hate teams that have more than one running back that that can dominate a game, as opposed to one running back where. Oh yeah. We tire you out. You're done. Yeah, no question. <laughs> and the and the the, the the different cuts. Yes. That you have to anticipate as somebody who's playing two gaps at times, and and you know mm-hmm. different blocking combinations because you might see more gap scheme with one guy. And like when Justice Hill came on this year for Baltimore, and even more so that really fast kid that got hurt. I can't remember his name. It's like mm. two months ago, Keaton Mitchell. Uh, you know, like it throws different looks at you. It like really yeah. unsettles you. 
Yeah, and then you, they can stay, you know, healthy throughout the entire game. And you get to the fourth quarter, you're like, shoot, I don't know what to expect at this point. But if you have one guy, it's like, we'll get used to you. We'll, we'll, we'll lock in and we'll, you know, we'll get you down. All right, so you're you're talking to two dudes, two old dudes that have dealt with groin and adductor and hip flexors and all that stuff. I know that you've been going through it and you've went through it and you've come back and played football. And uh, I saw one of your tweets. You know, you wanted to remind, you're going to remind these fans. What are you doing this off season to prepare your body to remind the fans? Because we know how tough dealing with that midsection, that core, that groin can be. Dude, uh, first of all, I'm just getting healthy. Like this past year was. Literally the one of the worst years I've had just from a health standpoint, um, you know, first tearing my adductor and dealing with that, trying to come back, trying to run was stupid as hell. I, I look like an idiot when can't I can't lift myself. your knee up. You can't pick your leg up. Like. Yeah. And so it would just get to a certain point and be like, ah, I can't run anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, um, you know, now I'm just getting healthy. Um, you know, I want to get back to my Pilates again and we get go. going from there. Do they make a reformer big enough yes. for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I just hate spreading my legs because I just don't feel comfortable yeah, yeah. in you that position. Like exposed, bro. You feel exposed. <laughs> Mike Concho position. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the stirrups or something. Yeah, exactly. What's up, Cam? I have a question about your podcast, not just yeah. football with Cam. Um, how hard was it managing and, and recording that podcast in season? I don't think it's that bad. You know, I, I, I like to think I'm pretty um, organized with my time. So when it came to like, you know, we would do it every either Monday or Tuesday, you know, early in the week if we had like a Thursday game. But uh, it doesn't get too t- tough. I think the funniest part is like people think like I can't have anything to do besides football. Yes. Like, you know, they, they expect me to just be a robot all the time. And it's like. I can't talk about the game that you guys want to talk about. <laughs> right. Why Why do you, like, you see guys sitting courtside at basketball games or going to hockey games or baseball games or posting things they're doing on their bye week or whatever, but, like, you're taking an hour out of your week. Yeah. You know, like, there is a point of diminishing return with work anyways. you got to find some things to, like, stimulate yourself. I play Call of Duty for four hours a night. Like, yeah, dudes are gaming. <laughs> you can, you like, can take an hour to record. Kyler's Yeah, and I'm usually bitching about something, so, you know, I get on there and I get to vent about it. It's so. cathartic, dude. For exactly. every, it's good for everybody. And it's good for the fans because they get to know people. That's yeah. the big You know, thing. like that's the cool thing that's going to take. You want to talk about like us making more money, the salary cap going up and stuff. You know, like the more players get, you know, ingratiate themselves with the fans, but more than anything, just like break the wall down a little bit. Yeah. The more, the more it's good for business. Like you know, we wear face masks. We need to date more it's, superstars. Who do you got on that Steelers gotta, roster? That's a that's a bachelor that we can. Who pitch should to date maybe a superstar? Minka Fitzpatrick. Okay. Okay. We'll that's an made. easy sell. His tape is great. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great tape. Great tape, dude. Great tape. Hey, and Nate, you got something in common with Cam, I think. Yeah, Cam. I've been trying to get these guys to get on the Love Is Blind train. Bro. Some, right? <laughs> Bro. So, listen, I have a question for you. Do you think Chelsea pulled the biggest finesse in Love is Blind history yes. by saying people say I look like Megan Fox? Oh, I saw that. That's so crazy. <laughs> How, bro, the, the show was predicated <laughs> literally on not knowing what Her someone scouting profile like. said I look like Megan Fox. No, she said that people say 
I like, look yeah, like, like Megan Fox. That's like getting a Brady comp think... and you can't even throw it out. <laughs> oh, man. Poor Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. She finessed Jimmy. Okay. 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 Let me break this down. First of all, she didn't even say Megan Fox. This is how she finessed it. She goes, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm like she Megan. Did. I'm like MGK's girlfriend or yes. wife. Uh, and it's like, he's like, mm. Megan Fox? And so he's like... <laughs> You walked so him into he that? Said it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And the other girl was like, "You will be kicking yourself." Like he yes. was like he he was like, "I'm just telling you, she doesn't look like that." I need to watch this, bro. This show is just gold. It's gold. And another question: Do you think any this is of great? These, this go all day. Any of these relationships, like. We'll stand the test of time. Before we get there, I just got to say the other finesse was. <laughs> there was one Tell more me. finesse because Tell they me. didn't show it in the show, but then they went back and they started giving like behind the scenes stuff. They said Jimmy looked like uh, Christian uh, McCafferty. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, kind of thrown off by that. I'm like, man, people out here lying and scamming in the show. That's crazy. Oh, man. That's but if I address your question, um, you know, when I look at this show, it's just, it's, it's a train wreck, bro. It's a, it's a train wreck. Like, the only couple I think that might have a chance is, what is her? It's Johnny and Amy. Okay. And, and, and I think... The only thing that's weird, the dude's like, well, you got to stay on the birth control. And I'm like, bro, you got to strap up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. my guy. Yeah. You got to do your half. Yeah. That is <laughs> Keep so your side of the street. That is so funny, bro. I just was literally watching that scene. So the and... premise is just like blind dating? Yes. Blind like you dating. Don't, you don't see the person. You have a week to basically find someone you want to propose to. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you're having all these blind dates. So there's like, a wall between you at yes, the table. Yes. So yes. you're walking, the, the girls are you walking in the door. You can smell their voice. You, just, you can no. just hear their voice and no. see their silhouette. Yeah, it's Stevie Wonder speed dating. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Okay. See, that's good, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Stevie might not be, though, really, though, actually. I've heard a lot of stories about Stevie driving Hilarious. golf carts and shit. Like, oh, Shaq, Shaq, said, Shaq said he walked on an elevator one time. Stevie Wonder looked up and said, Shaq. <laughs> oh, like, how, dude? <laughs> dude, have you seen uh, The Greatest Night in Pop? No. Netflix. Okay, so there's a part in there. In oh, I life. heard about it, though. This is, like, back in the day. Yeah, so, like, there's Stevie Wonder and, um, is it Ray Charles? I think it was Ray Charles was there. Uh -huh. And so Ray Charles said he had to go to the bathroom, and Stevie Wonder was like, I'll take you. And then somebody was like, it's the blind <laughs> leading the blind. <laughs> they end up in the kitchen. Somebody's pissing in the casserole. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I gotta watch this show, man. Love is blind. When bro, does it no, come bro, on, bro? I'm telling you, like it's you'll binge insane. it, you'll be like, so I can get it on my smart TV. Smoke. I can just pull it up. Yeah. Okay. Me and my wife are gonna watch it. Here's yes. the crazy thing. I feel like they they could bring that show to Charlottesville for sure. Oh, let's do it, bro. They need to do it with athletes and just watch everybody like hype up. <laughs> yes, dude. I run a four three. Yes. Oh shit. Yes. Someone said I look like T.J. Watt. It's like Ryan Jensen. I have a six pack. Good morning. Hey. <laughs> Oh, hey, Cam Hayward, man. You, uh, man. Come back again, dude. We love talking to you. Hey, dude, so much respect for you. I'm so happy for you. When I saw you at Kelsey's party, I was just like, there he is. It, it couldn't have happened to a better guy, dude. And um, welcome to the club, I guess. It feels weird for me to say that to you because uh, you, are, you, are, you, are, you exemplify the award, my dude. Appreciate that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of the club and honored you guys even have me on the show today.
dude. Anytime. Anytime. Good luck. Go get him next year, bro. Get that adductor yes, right. Sir. And we'll talk about Love is Blind another time. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, bro. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, take it easy. Do you guys remember this? Cliff, what's your, what are you going to take away as your best memory from playing basketball at Boston College? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just like. <laughs> Going out to eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel me. That hit me right in the feels. <laughs> yeah, dude, me too. Was, what do you think really happened there? That um, did it, he? We ever get an explanation of what happened there? Yeah, I think we got an honest answer from bonding. Dennis Clifford. It's called camaraderie. Shout out to BC. BC kept Virginia in the dance as of now. Last night, Virginia Good. had something to do with it too. Good. A lot of basketball tweets on my timeline right now. But I thought about that, Kat. Uh, Cam Hayward, terrific interview. Awesome. Ask me what my favorite part was. What was your favorite part? The middle. The middle. The middle. <laughs> hey, my I- favorite part was when Nate asked him about that thing. Oh, yeah. Love is uh, blind. Love is blind. Love Incredible. Is blind. It's gonna get, there's two shows Nate's going to have me watching, The Chimp Empire and Love is oh, Blind. You're gonna lo- I promise you, you're going to love Chimp Empire, bro. It's, it's really a reality TV show. Yes. All right, I'm going to ask some combine questions. I'll spray them around, you know, but I'll start with you. Chris, are you ready? Yes, sir. If you were a speed limit sign, what would your miles per hour be? Slow, children playing. <laughs> okay. Just at your own discretion, slow. How many women have you slept with? Mm. In college, what I would do usually would be leave and walk home. Hmm. What would you say to a group of deaf people? (laughs) That's a good response. All right. Would you have time today to discuss our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Meg? Someone's here to see you. Who all seen the leprechaun say yeah? Yeah. All right. Thank you for your time. Really well done. Yeah. Very good. All right. I think you did well. Thank you. We'll see you out there. Kyle and Nate. uh, Fuck, Mary kill. Faith, family, football. Oh. Kill. Anyone trying to touch any of those things. Okay. I'm hoping facts may actually answer the question. Facts. Yes. I'm going to... Oh, this is at the combine? Yeah. <laughs> hey, drug test this guy. <laughs> I would... It's really easy. It's an easy answer. It's an easy fucking answer, kid. I would... Did you celebrate Halloween? football, marry my family, kill... Faith. Faith. I would kill, yeah, I would kill Faith, and mm. I would. I would say I go to the Church mm. of Football, so they're one and the same. I love that. These and guys I are really met. fucking dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you asked, we put us in the same room together. He didn't even know we were at the combine just a minute ago. 
Chris, do you have an answer to the question? Yeah, you gotta You gotta kill football. You gotta uh mm. faith family in football. I think you gotta I kill football. I think you question. have you have to kill football. I hate to say this, but it's it's marry faith. Marry faith and fuck in football family. and kill family. Wow. Because <laughs> coach, Holy you're not gonna have shit. to worry about my family. Mm. Wow. wow. Next question, I don't please. have a family. Consider my family. <laughs> Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man. Fellas, in two words, please describe yourselves. Kyle Long. <laughs> that made me laugh. Football player. Okay. Very hungry. Oh. <laughs> he all, is high. All, <laughs> <laughs> He's so high. Okay. All right. Any okay. other brain busters? Kyle Long, another one for you. Mm-hmm. Do you like your mom or your dad better? Man, that's a tough one. I know the answer. Go ahead. He likes dad a lot. Now he needs mom. I like mom. I like mom better because dad reminds me too. I remind myself, and he reminds me of too much. Of <laughs> that me. might be we true. We just piss each other off, and that like we get along so well. But then it's like when it's wrong, man, it's like I'm out full time. <laughs> He's at the combine. Okay. Are you in or are you out on an all transparent toilet? I'm in. I did show my wife this. She is out. Hmm. Coach, I'm in. I'm in. Coach, I'm in because it's like the old makes game it very boy. easy to see when clogs and stuff well, are happening. Coach, when you when you lose a game or when you have a bad game, and that will happen in this league, you got to flush it. Hmm. Now you can't just flush it and not examine what went wrong. You got to be able to see to see the shit, Coach. You got to be able to see 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 how the plumbing's. We working. want everybody to see the shit. We that's what Monday morning meetings are about. So, yeah, I want a transparent toilet. I'm a transparent toilet type of guy. I don't believe in toilets. I think we just go on the ground <laughs> because we got to keep it real natural around here. We don't want to be anybody that uh, God didn't intend us to be. We're actually not even going to wear cleats anymore. I actually Let's think we shit the on the ground. House. I think we shit on the ground to intimidate the other team. Coach. Take them to the outhouse. Guys. That's not what he said first. He wanted a clear toilet. Say the elevator you're in starts to free fall from a survivable height. No, I like this question. What is the best body position to be in for impact? Uh, below your CEO with your CEO on top of you so you can keep them alive. No, I was going to say <laughs> on top of someone else. Hmm. All right. All right. <laughs> Player DL37. Handstand. <laughs> like I like the cut of your jib. Thank you. 17. Like Raiden, yo, from Mortal Kombat. I will literally die for you. <laughs> this guy is <laughs> sucking you off, coach. Do cucumbers taste better pickled? Yes. No. Mm. They're not cucumbers if they're pickled. Coach, I want to get sodium in my diet, but not that way. They're not cucumbers anymore, coach. Let me ask you a question. Do you even know what a pickle is? I've got you in one right now. I'm not drafting this guy. <laughs> At all, dude. <laughs> At all. This guy was just frankly weird. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. He, he, he came here with hair on his head. He's pickle shaved his head. It's a pickle. It's a long <laughs> He's shaved his head and is being You're combative. You're disguising cover two. Uh, all right. Y'all did, y'all did real well. Okay. Great. Thank you, guys. I got a question Thanks for Kyle. For participating. Hey, hey, well, I'll start with Nate. What book had the most significant impact on your life? Mm. The Catcher in the Rye. Hmm. Why? Holden Caulfield. It's a good book. Didn't read it. Character. 
hey, hey. He didn't read it. Hey, <laughs> coach, you I didn't read it. The same hey, hey, plan. Kyle, I got a question for you. <laughs> Sparknotes.com. Would you rather be a genius with a micro penis mm-hmm. or be relatively slow but just have a. I'm caught somewhere in a between there. I can't speak to from experience on either one okay. end of the spectrum. I would rather probably be a micro peen gene. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> micro peen gene. Yeah. Wow. You pay for some sort of penis augmentation. I just pay for a bunch of NDAs. <laughs> <laughs> Making best yeah. non-traditional investment of capital. Real estate. Uh, non-traditional bitcoin i'm thinking along the lines of like uh purses bitcoin not bitcoin your wife goes in commercial real estate all right well used to be a great sport what glitchy as hell now yeah Yeah. college sports generally wait till you hear about youth sports (laughs) (laughs) they're the best all right guys have a uh great weekend (laughs) yeah that's good kyle (laughs) have a great weekend we will see you next week uh on monday we have a former gm one of my favorite guys. We're going to talk about the combine. And Honey Bobo will be back to talk about edge defenders. Mm. Peace. Yeah, you the tone guy I'm kidding. I'm going to fight you with my friend.